Hey there, my name is Janny and I'm the host of What's On Your Mind. I interview guests about their weekly musings and Wikipedia rabbit holes, like toxic beauty standards, or the impact of redlining, or bees. Whatever it is, we'll process it together. We'll all learn a little something and take another step in creating our own stories, all while adding another laugh line to your face. Welcome to 901 On The Mind, filmed live and in person at the Arcade Restaurant in downtown Memphis, Memphis's oldest cafe founded in 1919. Thank you, Kelsey, Jeff, and your amazing restaurant for supporting this show. The purpose of this show is to provide a window into the variety of unique stories and voices that make up Memphis. We are Memphis, and we are proud of our city and its people, its spirit, and the grit and grind of who we are. The views and opinions expressed on 901 On The Mind are those of the podcast guests and do not necessarily reflect the official values, perspectives, or positions of myself, Jannie Rad, or the Arcade Restaurant. Denya is a lifelong Palestinian-American activist who co-founded Memphis Voices for Palestine. In this episode, she's going to discuss Palestinian activism and activism in general in Memphis. She believes that this topic is so important because it pertains to the intersectional liberation and equality of various marginalized peoples as a means to carry forth and honor MLK's legacy. Hi, Denya. Hello. What's on your mind? Hi. Um... I'm just so fortunate for you to give me a platform and inviting me onto the show. Thank you so much to, you know, taking out the time and being interested in my story. I really appreciate it. I just think that, you know, it just, it tells the story of so many other Palestinian Americans or immigrant Americans and Muslim Americans in the United States. And so I just hope that our session today may bring light uh, to people who are outside of those identities to kind of better understand um, my perspective. And of course, I'm just here to hang out with you yeah. and have a good time. Yeah, and I love, I love to get to know people in Memphis. So yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, I mean, and, and I get just a little context for the listeners. This was a really interesting connection. We actually got connected through a mutual friend. You know who you are out there. So thank you so much for the connection. And, um, you know, I don't want to spoil too much of Denya's story, but, you know, there were some events that happened this year that really impacted her and her community at large, but also the community here in Memphis. And so we just thought, you know, being her here in Memphis, that this would be an an interesting platform for her to share that story and those perspectives. And um, again, just with all the other stories that have been shared on the show, this is one perspective, it's one story. Um, So we hope that it, it, you know, shows and sheds some light on maybe some things that you don't know or you're not familiar with. And I know I'm I'm ready to learn as well, too. I, I really know us so much as you know, to what I've seen on the news and social media. So it's just really interesting. And I'm looking forward to just hearing a a personal story connected to everything that's been happening. So, um, you know, let's start with that. Let's start kind of bigger picture and then we'll we'll go down in and into specifically the impact here here in Memphis. But just from your perspective, you know, you can start with wherever you think is the beginning of the story. Um, The mic is yours. All right. Thank you so much. So I guess uh, my story is that my family, we've been politically active before I was born. You know, we have a profound history in regards to Palestine, which is where my parents are from. They're from Jerusalem. And I think that was one of uh, the connecting points for you and I was all the things that were happening earlier in this year regarding uh, Jerusalem, Um, you know, I guess in, in 
my perspective, it's an ethnic cleansing of Palestinians from Jerusalem conducted by the Israeli government uh, with the support of the United States and evangelical Christians and, you know, so many Zionist organizations here. Uh, but I was just going to say, you know, I'm a co-founder and organizer with Memphis uh, Voices for Palestine, or MVP, and basically we... We're not active now, but whenever things get hot and heated, you know, we are there organizing lectures, documentary nights. Um, we bring speakers from United all over U.S., um, you know, have block parties, celebrate our culture, do Palestine festivals, all kinds of things, just to kind of shed light on what's going on. And I think, you know, today what I really would like to focus on is, of course, like, I would like to start with discussing 9-11 and how that's changed the international and, and national and local dialogue and just basically those <laughs> the everyday nitty-gritties of those various points and, and perspective. But I think, um, yeah, I think that's a great place to start. And I think, you know, it's... Obviously, that 9-11 was just a couple weeks ago. It's now October, but I know a lot of us, um, you know, no matter what our identities are, especially if you're someone that is an American, like, that, that day hits you. And no matter who you are, like, a lot of people are impacted. And I'm really interested to learn about the impact that you and your community have really faced to that. So, yeah, let, let's start there. I think as, like, an American, I am very, very just like sad of all the Americans who've lost their lives foremost. I think it's it's heartbreaking, you know, as a person that comes from a, a history of violence, you know, I see my people die by the thousands regularly. That's kind of a normal thing. And um, so it really hurt to see those Americans lose their lives. It hurts to see the troops lose their lives, like a lot of, um, you know, military members either wounded permanently, uh, physically or emotionally, and then of course those that, that sacrifice their lives um, to protect this country. And I also, you know, I think uh, starting off from that, it's, there are a lot of policies that came out from 9-11 uh, that basically have impacted so many, so many elements and so many different people. You know, in regards to being Palestinian-American and the war on terror, that the legislation and the policies behind that, it was so broad that United States, the government, were spying on so many student organizations, you know, chilling, causing a chilling effect with student orgs. Um, you know, of course, the FBI was surveying Muslim communities. It was surveying a lot of youth groups and just spying on so many different peoples and, and communities under the guise of trying to, which, you know, I'm not, not to say that there are not, there are not radical fanatics out there, Muslim radical um, or extremists, that, that is a thing, but I feel like it's, it was unwarranted to, to go into so many different groups and spy on them or detain them or et cetera, et cetera. So I think um, nationally that was a thing. You know, if you were a Muslim, the FBI was at your door asking, you know, just inquiring about you, uh, what your business was. If you were Palestinian-American and you were part of a student organization or if you are part of a, um, 
a nonprofit to support Palestinian human rights, you are under uh, under surveillance. If um, you know, and then of course, locally, and that how that affects us is that you know the the policies from 9/11 strengthen U.S. and Israel's relationship. A lot of uh, police departments around the U.S. send their you know a lot of police departments get sent to Israel to be trained by Israel and Israel trains them in military tactics and strategies and then they come back and they use that and we saw that in Ferguson and we saw that all around the civil unrest uh, in regards to the recent George Floyd protests you know you know Memphis police department has been trained in Israel by the Israeli government and Israeli military so a lot of these uh, so it doesn't only affect Palestinian Americans, it affects African Americans, it affects, you know, the first tribes and indigenous groups that are trying to resist um, and protect their sacred lands or their water or even, you know, going back to, you know, black Americans here. It's just like the basically them wanting to protect their communities from a police state, uh, police violence, and uh, basically extrajudicial killings of black people on the street and I just feel like they are they're combated with like a police that acts as a military with you know super extreme military tactics it's it's a suppression of uh, marginalized voices Um, and I would say that it is it's linked to United States and Israel's connection you know yeah, well, I mean, I think it's really interesting that the perspective that you that you have in, in your story, it intersects with a lot of other stories that we've been seeing, obviously, for, you know, here in Memphis, too, and obviously nationally. And um, yeah, I mean, th- thank, thank you for sharing that. And, and you brought up locally already. And so maybe we can start to dive in a little bit there. I know you're obviously here. You said you're, that your family is here. I'd love to hear a little bit about your family's, you know, um, kind of I- involvement either, you know, in all this, how it, how that really hits home with you all. And then you, you talked about your organization that you have, too, that's based out of here in Memphis. So um, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about all of that, too. That seems like a good point for a break. Time for some ads. If you know Jenny at all, you know that she's obsessed with her pup, Oliver. And now that we've arrived, we have two fur babies, Bahu and Oliver. They're both special little creatures with their own personalities and own diets. Oliver is allergic to everything in the world. Bahu is a super high energy pup that needs quite a bit of protein in his diet. After a lot of experimentation and many vet visits, We were given the chance to sample some of Forza 10's food. Oliver now uses the Grain In Active line, which is chicken-free and great for digestive health. For Bahu, we're going to try out the Grain-Free Legend line. Forza 10 has a top selection of premium, gourmet, science-based, wet and dry food for both dogs and cats, designed to address just about every condition your pet might encounter. Try Forza 10 for your dog or cat today and use the code JANNY10 at checkout for $10 off. That's F-O-R-Z-A, the number 10, USA, dot com. And now back to the show. Locally, you know, I would say that, like, my interest was basically my dad has always been uh, active in the scene when he was living in New Jersey and my mom. Um, both, both of them are very politically um, oriented. And so 
I think uh, what for me did it was just knowing that my father lived through the Six Day War with, you know, the Six Day War where his father was shot and killed in front of them, uh, his family, and the youngest, my, my uncle, the youngest uncle was around seven or eight years old. They weren't, weren't able to bury the body, so the body stayed in the house for three days because the city of Jerusalem was under um, basically a curfew, so they couldn't go out immediately to bury him. Um, and I didn't know that story. I mean, my father didn't ever tell us anything. Um, I just heard about it through my uncles and aunts, and, you know, people, whenever I would visit Jerusalem, they would tell me. And then, you know, also... My great uncle was one of the first martyrs in Jerusalem in 1923. So, you know, we have a, a history of this kind of, you know, you know, aggression and with, sorry. <laughs> we have a history, of course. And I think, um, you know, for me, like MVP and my, my activism is twofold, right? I would love for people to learn more about, you know, Palestine and Palestinians and what we face in regards to, you know, Israeli, you know, aggression and, and apartheid. And we do say it's apartheid. And I think it's time for more people to say that it's an apartheid. Because if you were, you know, I wrote a thesis and the outcome of my thesis and the results was just basically, you know, showing and showcasing. It was a comparative analysis between South Africa and Israel and the similarities between the two. A lot of... Uh, International legalists would like to say that Israel is not an apartheid state because the definition in the international, like, you know, Rome statutes and Geneva Convention, it is so narrow that it only applies to the case of South Africa and the African regime against black Africans. But, you know, obviously the law cannot be so narrow that it only applies to one case. You know, international law should should be applicable to all cases that have hit the points, you know, of the, the law, I guess. So I think, um, yeah, I didn't mean to go on the little tangent there. No, but that, that's what this is for. It's, yeah. it's a chance for you to get your, get your voice out there. So um, you mentioned a little bit about your organization that's here. What type of work do you do specifically that's here in Memphis? And how do you support um, your Memphis community? And if people out there are listening, and um, again, no matter who you are or how you identify or how, or how this hits with you, if someone is interested in learning more, how can they learn more about you and your organization? Yes. So um, just to get involved, I recommend everybody just follow us on Facebook, that is our, the best way to know the events that we're doing. Again, like I was saying, uh, we're, our organization is not active currently, but in the event that there is a global, you know, a, a key event or a global event, we go out to the streets, we do protests. Like earlier this year, we organized a protest where like almost 500 people showed up and we marched down Main Street and just try to have conversations with people, get them educated. Um, of course, proliferate in, uh, information, statistics about Palestine and, and the Israeli apartheid situation and what's happening there. Um, and it's twofold. I mean, you know, for me and others and, you know, the members of Memphis Voices for Palestine, we do it as a twofold thing. We're unable to process and emotionally process what's going on consistently. It is, it's devastating. Even my non-political friends, like, it's... A, 
you know, holding these events is a place of solidarity. It's a place of um, just commemorating. It's a place of healing. So, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you guys just go out to the streets. You don't do anything. But in, in regards to that, that's not true. It, it's people on the floor. It's people on the ground that wield power. It's, there's only so much that politicians can do. For instance, we continue, the U.S. government continues to approve bill after bill in spending and funding um, in regards to supporting Israel. You know, the, the House approved just recently a $1 billion, um, you know, a $1 billion packet or a plan to give to Israel for military purposes. It's like security purposes. It's, you know, this is all while we're having issues with our own budget. We're having issues with, you know, like we're having issues with evictions. People lost their jobs during the pandemic. Um, you know, people are facing starvation in the United States. Like that's a growing issue. Like we have a climate crisis to deal with. We have education, a student debt, health care. All of these things are major domestic issues, but yet we continue to give Israel, which is a first world country, which subsidizes Israeli settlers living in the West Bank, which they should even be there because they're illegal. It's, under, it's illegal under international law. It's just like they... They're a first world country. They're, they've got it great over there, you know? It's like we have so many issues in the United States to worry about, and that's what MVP does. It's like we try to, sh you know, it's a very broad organization. We do about everything. We're very open to new ideas. We're uh, open to discourse. And whatever issues that people bring to us, we, we basically are that mediator, that mechanism that puts it into motion. So I've had people from... The, I've had people in the Syrian community want to ally and do things. I've had people in the black community reach out and need support. So not only do we, you know, of course we try to shed light on everything Palestine related um, from multiple dimensions, whether it's cultural, social, economic, et cetera, et cetera. But we also try to support groups here for sure. Like, you know, we, we do, we support LGBT, we fundraise. Uh, for you know, so many other marginalized communities and groups, and and all the issues that I was talking about in regards to domestic issues, whether it's healthcare, student debt, um, you know, housing, evictions, it's just like we we want to bring that money, <laughs> the U.S. funding, whatever money, and realize and have people realize that we need that here in the U.S., not abroad, and. It, and, you know, we just also, it's, it's uh, not only an issue with the United States' ally, you know, alliance with Israel. I mean, we're allied with Saudi Arabia. We're allied with Egypt. These are the most brutal regimes out there. They're brutalizing and disappearing and disappearing their people. These governments are, are terrible, you know. They have a long, long history of terrible, extreme human rights violations, but we still continue to be allies with them and give them money. It's enough is enough, you know? How, how much longer can this continue, you know? We can't be the beacon of democracy. We can't be the point of democracy, not take care of our own people, but then also support and prop up other brutal regimes. It doesn't make, it makes no sense. I think that's, that's coming in on itself. It's, it's, more and more Americans within my lifetime, and I have not been doing this very long, like 
how old was I? I'm, you know, I'm around 30, and it's like I started this protesting and political activism and engagement when I was 17. Within my my lifetime, I've seen dramatic increase of people supporting Palestine um, and speaking out against Israel's atrocities, but also critically engaging with the United States' foreign policy, uh, policy and questioning our relationship with the rest of the world in regards to the issues here at home and why we don't focus more of our energy on the issues that we have here at home, you know, securing the needs of the people. So, I mean, I know that we do little things as Memphis Voices for Palestine, but all that is is creating an atmosphere and an environment for people to learn and grow and to be together. Yeah, well, I re again, I really truly want to thank you for, for being on the show. I, 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 I don't know if people can hear in your voice, but I can also tell, like, this is, this is hard to talk about. I mean, clearly this is, like, something that, you know, for, for some folks, and myself included, I, I'm sadly only really learning about, about these types of things that I don't experience every day. And, um, you know, I, I want to thank you for just adding your perspective to this. And I think, you know, like you said, it sounds like the goal of your organization is to um, bring, bring awareness. And what I really love about what you said is that you know, I think your your group and your organization fits really nicely in kind of the story of Memphis because Memphis has a history of, of activism, of civil rights and um, fighting for justice. So um, I love that you all are, are, are doing that again, like on Main Street again, like, you know, a, a street that, uh, you know, again, has that history of, of supporting protests and, and all of that. So... Thank you again for, for sharing your story. And, and if you're out there and, you know, you're, you're again, you're interested in either learning more or maybe you have, you have questions and this is something that's new for you or you want to offer a different perspective, you know, feel free to contact us. The, the whole point of this series is to, again, just learn about the different people that make up this amazing city. Uh, what I love so far about this show is that we've had people from the business sector, the art sector, and now we have some political activists as well. So you can tell that there's a lot of amazing, beautiful people that are in this city that are doing the work. And I think another thing that you said that really spoke to me is that you're, we say this a lot in, pu in public health, the field that I'm in, but you think globally, but act locally. So all of this stuff that's going around in the world, the things that are impacting others, what can we do right here to, to make a difference and make our communities and our city um, feel special and loved and healed? So I think, I think yeah, you're, you're doing great work by just Thank you. spreading your voice and I spreading awareness. It. So yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, I thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I was just going to say, I don't think, uh, you know, everybody wants to think that, oh, you know, we're all, I'm this and you're that and our, di our differences are not connected, but I don't believe it is. Everybody in our, our existence here, we're all, we're all on the same ship. We're all in the same boat. We're, and you know, whether we want to admit it, it's just like we're all connected, our, our you know, our existence. And I think, um, yeah, so, you know, everything, it's not black and white. Everything is gray. And I, I do, you know, appreciate being in Memphis. It gives, uh, it gives MVP and all that we do uh, even more, like, heightened experience. Like, you know, we're carrying the legacy of MLK, here. We are committed to nonviolence, uh, of course, um, and we, we do believe in boycott, divestment, and sanctions um, of Israeli products, which I recommend everybody look into. 
Um, and I guess the, the last thing I want to say is that for people who are wanting information, I would definitely highly recommend people follow IMEU. Um, it is the, and, and then Let's Talk Palestine, which both have really amazing profiles on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you. I'm going to add that. I'm, I'm always willing to learn more about things that I, um, you know, it comes from a place of privilege. Like even though we were actually talking before, we both come from brown communities and there's definitely cultural um, similarities that we have. But then I also, I don't live your experience about all of this. So I, I'm really interested to learn more as well, too. So okay, thank great. you so much. Thank you. Um, thanks for being on the show. We'll, we'll wrap it up. And I, I can't wait to kind of see the work that y'all will do. And um, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested to kind of see the conversation that this sparked. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll get some, some maybe some questions, some comments, some different perspectives and voices. You know, I'm kind of open to all of it. And hopefully this anything just kind of sparked interest in conversation. So thank Great. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And of course, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you want to learn more about me, you can check out my website, jannyrad.com. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D.com. Head on over to jannyrad.com slash podcast and click on support the show. Check out my Instagram at jannyrad.me. Love the podcast music? That's BK Williams. You can follow him on Instagram, Brian K underscore Williams 28. Thanks for listening.